You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Bent Notes is our weekly jazz program going to air each Sunday night. Last Sunday was the 80th birthday of Polish-born Australian jazz guitarist George Goller. He's perhaps best remembered for almost 40 years' musical partnership with Australian player of clarinet, flute and sax, Don Burrows. But George also played with the likes of Stefan Grappelli and Dizzy Gillespie. He's a member of the Order of Australia for his service to music. George and his orchestra were the first winner of the ARIA Fine Arts Award in the category of Best Jazz Album for the album Lush Life. To celebrate his 80th birthday, George has recorded a duo album called Tea for Two with Sydney-based singer Jackie Cooper. Next Tuesday night, the Stonington Jazz Festival hosts the launch of this album at the David Williamson Theatre. But tonight, it's my pleasure to welcome to Bent Notes someone who has been a feature of the Australian jazz scene since the 1990s and shares the stage with George Goller on this occasion. Welcome, Jackie Cooper. Good evening. How are you going? Very well indeed, thank you, Jackie. It's great to have you uh, talking to us tonight. Your musical education started in Adelaide. What or who was it about jazz that caught your attention and sent you onto the jazz performance road? You know, I think my background started in musical theatre, just in, you know, local community theatre events. And and I just, my father was also director of music for the Air Force, and so I'd grown up with big band, you know, Glenn Miller and Basie and all that sort of thing was played often in our house. And then combined that with musical theatre, I I inadvertently developed a a love for the Great American Songbook without even realising what it was. I can remember my first week at orientation for the jazz course and I was looking through the list. I didn't really know what jazz was, to be honest. Looking through the list, I thought, oh, I actually know a lot of jazz songs. They'd just been in my you know, realm, in my life, without me realising what it actually was, without knowing what the definition was. So it's just organically grown with you? It has, it has. That's probably the best way to do it in some respects. You know, it is. Sometimes I I teach a lot of people who haven't had a great lot of jazz in their lives. They've really just come into jazz by listening to the likes of Michael Buble. And my feeling is any way that you get into the music, it doesn't matter who introduces it to you, whether it's Rod Stewart or Michael Buble, who cares? As long as you develop a love for it. What I do find is that some of the things that are involved with jazz, the the interpretation and the, the swing feel and everything can be difficult to teach if it hasn't been something that they've listened to a long time. And so that's something that I'm constantly saying to them, you have to listen to the music, you have to delve into it and, and hear what it's all about. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel, go back and listen to the greats who did it before you. What very good advice indeed. In addition, just listening to the greats is also listening while you're performing. Yeah, yeah, well, how lucky am I? I get to listen to one of the greats standing right next to me. That must be a thrill indeed. It's really quite amazing. I, I never thought I'd, I'd get to play with the likes of George Goller. I can remember I did my first concert with him when I was in second year at, at uni, at Adelaide Uni, and we did a concert with uh, Don Burrows and George Goller. That was with the Adelaide Connection Jazz Choir. It's going back some time now. It's tw- 23 years ago. It is a while indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've learned a lot from George, and one of the things that I learned from George is that he doesn't like to rehearse. Oh, really? He doesn't like to rehearse. Oh. Which, um, and I, I kind of do. Um, <laughs> now, that makes kinda, make it challenging. It does make it challenging. I've had to let it go somewhat. I said to him the other day, I said, oh, would you like to get together and go through what we're going to do on, on Tuesday? And he said, no, it's not going to make it any better. And I said, okay. 
And he said, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and if we, we know the songs, we're going to go out and we're going to play them because we love them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you go out and play things that are highly rehearsed. You know, some people really like that and other people don't. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, when you're 80, you just want to play it however you damn well feel on the night. <laughs> and who's going to argue with you? <laughs> no, that's right. So uh, thank- thankfully, it's the national launch of the CD, so nobody's really had a chance to listen to it yet, so nobody knows that we won't be doing the exact arrangements or anything like that. <laughs> There'll be no scorecards at the end of it. <laughs> when you were back in Adelaide, did you ever think that one day you would be doing this type of thing with someone of the stature of, uh, of George Goller? Well, I always had delusions of grandeur. I think you you have to <laughs> have to at some point think that you're going to aim to be the very best that you can and, and hope that you will work with the best in the industry. But I, I guess, no, I mean, I never thought that I'd be rubbing shoulders with them. And, and I mean, no, my brother-in-law is James Morrison. I've, I think I've done quite well, actually. <laughs> I, I did happen to note that somewhere in the research I was doing. I thought, well, a well-connected person here. Yeah, well, I, I and I have to say because my husband will kill me that that you know I, I'm rubbing shoulders with my husband as well, <laughs> John John Morrison. Actually, funny funny enough, the, when I was proofreading for the the program, I I didn't scroll down far enough, and the very last paragraph that has actually made it into the program is about my husband, who's not in any way, shape or form involved with this concert. So <laughs> let people know that if they're coming along, they'll just see me and George. They won't be seeing John Morrison on stage as well. <laughs> I did wonder about that when I read it, but I thought, oh, okay. Oh, no, I, just, I'm, I'm, I missed it. I've been doing a lot of my proofreading on the road. I'm actually in Brisbane at the moment. Oh, are you Brisbane really? Big Band Festival. And so scrolling down on your iPhone, sometimes you miss things. So I apologise for that. It makes for interesting reading. <laughs> it does indeed. Do you travel a lot around Australia? Yeah, a, a, a lot. Last year, we were John and I we were away for about four months overall. We actually live on a boat in Sydney because we're just away so much it's crazy to rent. John and I travel around the country doing workshops in schools, doing performances, particularly in remote and regional areas we, we like to get into. John does a lot of work up in Cape York Peninsula. Next month, we're off to Darwin where... For the Smith family, we visit a lot of disadvantaged schools that don't have music programs and we help find instruments to get donated to these schools to, to help them start band programs and that sort of thing. So, you know, spreading the love. Well, you've got to do that because you do. if you don't spread the love to the, the new up-and-coming musicians of tomorrow, where will we be tomorrow? Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, John and I are both great believers that music education is a vital part of education. It stimulates the parts of the brain that are social and cognitive and great for maths and problem solving. And it's, it's just so multifaceted. We really fight for, for music to be part of everybody's education. I'd like to continue talking to you, but I think we should have a listen to one of the tracks from the album, a little bit of a preview for our listeners for Tuesday great. night. Is there a favourite piece you have on there? Or is there a favourite oh. that George would have? <laughs> well, actually, funny enough, um, it's really hard to play Stump the Band with George because he knows absolutely every single song ever written, or so it would seem. Um, when we were coming up with the repertoire, we were looking for songs that told more of the story. So we, we looked for some songs that had some great verses that were perhaps not so well known, um, and also some songs with longer forms that just told a bit more than the standard 32-bar story. 
One that he really fell in love with is, is called uh, Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most. That's really lovely. I think my favourite is, is probably... Um, oh, I, I really like Blue and Sentimental, which is the first track. Just a, It's really plaintive and... and um, just that, that great bluesy sound. My guest tonight here on Bent Notes is Jackie Cooper. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Find more Joycasts and show blogs, go to joy.org.au. Thank you so much for talking to us tonight, Jackie. My pleasure. I understand that George simply wanted to hit the road and play music to celebrate his 80th birthday. How did you get him down to record an album? He was a guest on our previous band album on uh, The Journey. After we did that, the the next year when we were doing festivals and and concert gigs, instead of booking the piano trio, we would book George as an extra special guest. The crowds just loved him. They just flocked out to see him. Then the next year was fairly quiet for us. We were off teaching and what have you, and then we did a gig with George, and and he hadn't been gigging very much. He was feeling really down, and and I said, well, maybe we need to record again, and his face just lit up, and he said, yeah, let's do that, and then let's hit the road. And So he's really keen and very excited. We're we're actually travelling to Tasmania, um, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia on our tour, and which will last until end of November. Wow, what a tour that is. Yeah, well, you know, three, three four days at a time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't want to go too crazy. We've got to <laughs> <laughs> fill in all the gaps with work, other work as well. But uh, we're really looking forward to that. What was the best part of working with George on this album? Finding the repertoire was really interesting because he had a story to tell about a lot of the songs. Like I said, it was actually really difficult to find songs that he didn't know. And there was a, a couple of tunes that he didn't know the verses of, but you'd call a tune and you'd go, oh, yes, well, I remember this time I was playing this in Prague and da-da-da-da-da, and then we'd go off and say, this is why rehearsals are not so great with George because they end up just telling a lot of stories. Are we likely to hear stories on Tuesday night? I was thinking that I might be able to coax a few out of him. I, I thought I might have a little bit of an interview session with him during the during the concert as well. Now, you did say something before about going back to original verses. Are these verses that don't normally get sung on some of these songs? Yeah, well, like T for Two, for example, has got a, a, a great verse at the beginning of it. And Ella Fitzgerald did a whole album of, of um, songs with verses, and I know Sarah Vaughan did quite a few as well. They're not done so often, and the ones that are done a lot are things like Ladies Tramp, and we we tend to hear the same same ones over and over. So I, that's why Blue and Sentimental was was a really interesting find to learn the the verse of that one. And Am I Blue, T for Two, all had really interesting verses that, are, in my mind, not too dated. You know, it really just told the story and enriched it enrich the storytelling a little bit more. That is an amazing way to deal with songs to go back and find something that people won't know. Yeah, or is vaguely familiar but draws them draws them in with more of the storytelling process. Because a lot of the songs of this era, we're talking about the you know, the mid thirties, a lot of them were being written for Tim Pan Alley, so they were being written for shows. And then that where they were pulled out of those shows and, and turned into the you know, the standards that we know today. Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us here on Bent Notes tonight. Thank you, David. My pleasure.
Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.